welcome to our fifth episode. We are back to our normal episodes. Yes, back to creepy things, not just creepy and sad spooky. things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a time. Yeah. So, Chelsea, are you vibing or dying this week? Um. Mostly dying. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's been a time in my family. Mm-hmm. I had to move out of my room. Oh, <laughs> okay. And, you know, just, I've been tired. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so you actually moved out? Um, I'm gonna be staying there until, like, Friday. But you're moved out, basically? Yeah. Okay. I just have a few things. And then I'm gonna come crash here for a few days. Yeah. Because my parents are abandoning me. Right. <laughs> abandoning me. And then they're abandoning you in July, too, yeah. right? Yes. We're having a barbecue. Yes. I really want a barbecue. Yes. I shouldn't whisper. <laughs> I can't pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about you? Are you vibing or dying? I'm vibing. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's finals week, but I haven't really had any finals. One of my finals got canceled, actually. Nice. Yeah, so that was nice. And then I have one to do tomorrow. And then Cassidy, my boyfriend, moved in this week. So it was stressful getting him up here because... Yeah. My car was so <laughs> packed full of stuff, but, you know, the past couple days it's been fine since he's moved in and we've just been doing literally nothing. <laughs> Started watching, um, Avatar. Yes. We're only on episode four, but... That's such a good show. It is good. So good. How many seasons are there? Three. That's what I thought. They're all about 22 episodes? 21. So you've been vibing? Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm basically in summer mode. I'm done with classes, mm -hmm. essentially, so. Yeah. Yeah. You are, too. Yep. <laughs> um, I was gonna say something. I don't remember. I don't know. Ah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... True crime goes first, right? Yep. I'll remember eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> now you remembered. It's true crime. Yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good. Which is me. Yes. So. My story starts in 1903. Ooh. Not really. But. <laughs> the prelude. Prelude? Whatever. <laughs> starts in 1903. In Boston, Massachusetts. When? The Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum opens. I don't know it yet. It opens on January 1st, 1903, privately. They have champagne and donuts. What? They wait. have an orchestra there. Wait. <laughs> champagne and donuts? Yeah. I love that. I saw that on like three different websites and I was like, wow, they're really <laughs> pushing this champagne and donuts narrative. <laughs> it's just... Champagne's so fancy and donuts are like know. definitely not the fanciest right? pastry, but yeah. I love it. 
was there for it. I yeah. wish. <laughs> Maybe I was. There you go. I don't know. Um, and it was opened by Isabella Stewart Gardner, who I did some research on her. She's quite the lady. Oh. <laughs> she was a socialite in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Or New York, actually, where she was born. Oh. And then um, she went to a all-girls academy, academy for girls, whatever, <laughs> where she learned music, art, dance, French, Italian. Damn, she's fancy. Right? And then she moved to France. Oh. She moved to Paris. Ooh. Uh, where she met and befriended this girl named Julia Gardner. Mm. And, um... Isabella Stewart had, she traveled the world, experienced things, and then she came back to America and visited her friend Julia Gardner, where she met Julia's brother, John Lowell Gardner II, and he was the most eligible bachelor (laughs) in Boston, (laughs) and they got married. That's cute. And they traveled the world, and they had a kid, mm-hmm. and then the kid died. Oh. <laughs> it was really sad. Yeah. <laughs> he was, like, not even two years old. Mm-hmm. And then, a year later, Isabella had a miscarriage. Eesh. And then, Julia Gardner died. Oh, no. Around that same time. Oh. Was, oh, and when she had the miscarriage, she found out that she wouldn't be able to have any kids. No. So it just wasn't a good time for her, and she went into this depression, and withdrew from society, and her husband took her to Europe Mm -hmm. to try to get her out of her depression, right? to help her mourn and grow, Mm -hmm. which it did work. Um, She got very invested in art. Which she's always loved, and um, after seeing one museum in a person's home that it was their collection, mm-hmm. she decided that she wanted to do something like that later in her life. Nice. Um, so she's always loved art, and now she's collecting art on her travels. Cool. And then. I can't remember if it was her brother or her brother-in-law, mm-hmm. and his wife died. No. Oh. And so her, as Isabella and John, adopted their three kids. She raised them as her own. I guess that's kind of a, you know, bittersweet. Yeah, right. At least she ended up getting kids, but yeah. a shitty way to end yeah. up getting kids. So, real rough life. Yeah. And she was a um. I think in the Wikipedia it said she was fodder for the <laughs> gossip racks or something like that. <laughs> gossip columns. Love that. People loved her. <laughs> she was um quite the woman. Nice. She um was unconventional. She didn't like doing things the normal way, <laughs> I guess. Um and then years later her husband died. And 
she decided that she wanted to go through with her dream of having an art museum. Nice. So she recruited a architect and had a museum built based off of Renaissance palaces in Venice. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. It is, yeah. In the center of the building is a glass-covered courtyard, Mm -hmm. which is the first of its kind in America, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, It has more than 7,500 pieces of art. Damn. Including paintings, sculptures, textiles, ceramics, rare books. And also it has a lot of archival objects from ancient Rome and whatnot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, most of the art pieces are from America, Europe, and Asia. Um, artists featured in the museum include Rembrandt, Rembrandt, uh, Michelangelo, Raphael, Monet, Monet, that's how you say it right? Yeah. Uh, Degas, 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 I think D-E-G-A-S. Yeah, I, I... I don't know yeah. that one. <laughs> and then um, American artists Whistler and Sargent. Cool. Um, years later, after Isabella died, uh, or when she died, she left a hundred a hundred million dollar. <laughs> now one million. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> one million dollar endowment, <clears throat> and she had a stipulation that the collection would remain unaltered and it would be permanent. So they couldn't add or change anything. They couldn't trade. Okay, so it just was there. Yeah. And it was her entire collection, so all of it was hers. Yeah. And her husband's, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, going forward. Yes. March 16th, 1990. Around midnight. Starting the early hours, the start of the day, (laughs) two high school students were leaving a St. Patrick's Day college party that they had snuck into. Solid. Solid. Good start. (laughs) And on Palace Road, they saw a gray hatchback with two men, two officers. Mm -hmm. And one of the students thought it was odd that there would be officers in a gray hatchback. I mean, yeah, that's fair. But as they were drunk and underage... It wasn't their problem. They decided to leave. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you know what? Those are officers. Maybe in a strange car, but still. Yeah. So they left, and then... Inside the museum... Oh, by, by the way, that was at the um, side of the museum. Mm-hmm. Um, where am I? Inside the museum, there were two night security guards, Mm -hmm. uh, Rick Abbott and Randy Heston. I spelled his name wrong. (laughs) Abbott had gone on patrol first, doing their normal nightly routine. Mm -hmm. And um, on his patrol, two fire alarms had gone off. Mm-hmm. Different times in different rooms. Mm-hmm. And he had gone to check. There was no fire, no smoke, nothing. Mm-hmm. So they just thought it was like a malfunction. Right. Um, before he finished his rounds, Abbott went to the side entrance 
where he opened the door for a moment before closing it again. Mm-hmm. For some reason. Yeah. And then at around uh, 1 a.m., Abbott returned from his rounds and took position at the security desk, and Heston began his rounds. Mm. And then at 1.20 a.m., the two officers walked up to the side entrance and buzzed to be, in le- to be let in, and um, when they buzzed, it connected them to an intercom where they could talk to the security guard. Mm-hmm. And they told Abbott that they were there to investigate a disturbance, and since the two fire alarms had gone off, and um, it was St. Patrick's Day yeah, at 1.20 a.m., there were a lot of drunk people around. Right. So it was... So you just kind of figure there was a disturbance. Yeah. So maybe somebody had jumped the fence and somebody else reported it, mm-hmm. I think is what he described it as. So Abbott went against protocol and let them in at 1.24 a.m. Hmm. The officers asked Abbott if anyone else was in the building. Abbott said that there was one other guard, so they had him, they had Abbott bring the other guard down. Abbott used the walkie-talkie to get Heston to come to the security desk. While Heston was on his way, one of the officers told Abbott that he looked familiar and that he thinks there is a warrant for his arrest. Oh. And Abbott was nervous and confused and complied when asked to show identification, stepping out from behind the security desk and away from the only panic button. Why is there only one panic button? It's a good question. Uh, Heston had now reached the room and was pushed against a wall and frisked by one of the officers. Uh, Abbott was also pushed against the wall by the officer, in quotes, mm-hmm. all the officers were in quotes, <laughs> um, who had asked him for his ID. Abbott was not frisked. Both guards were handcuffed. Mm-hmm. At this point, the officers revealed themselves to be thieves. Right. And they were going to rob the museum, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, the thieves used duct tape to cover the eyes and the mouths of the security guards before leading them into the basement and handcuffing them to a steam bite and a workbench. Duct tape over your eyes? Yeah. I don't like it. No. That's... You don't see that often. Oh, your eyelashes. (laughs) I don't know that it's gonna be like... Right, right. They probably don't press it, but like... I hope not. Ugh. Yeah, that's weird. I'm not a fan. Um... The thieves took the wallets of the guards and told them that they now knew where the guards lived mm-hmm. and that they don't that if they didn't say anything, tell anything to the authorities, that they would get a re- reward in a year. Oh. I don't I don't know how much I trust that. <laughs> it was now one thirty five AM, taking only eleven minutes to subdue the security guards. Mm. Well, <laughs> they tried real hard. At 1.48, so 13 minutes later, presumably they took that time to make sure that there were no police coming. Mm-hmm. Presumably. <laughs> um, the thieves entered the Dutch room. By the way, each room is like has a different theme on um, different eras and whatever. Nice. Places. So in the Dutch room, their movements, movements were recorded by motion detectors. And from the Dutch room, the thieves took Storm on the Sea of Galilee and a lady and a gentleman in black, which were both paintings by Rembrandt. Mm -hmm. 
as well as a small self-portrait of Rembrandt. Um, they had taken the frames off the wall and smashed them, like thrown threw them on the ground to break the frames. Right. And then they um, used a blade, presumably a box cutter, to cut the paintings out. There was a large self-portrait of Rembrandt that was taken from the wall, but left leaning in the room, assumed to be because it was made of wood instead of canvas, or painted on wood instead of canvas, and would be too hard to transport. Mm -hmm. Also from the Dutch room, they took the concert, which is a painting by uh, Joannes Vermeer. Um, they took Landscape with Obelisk by Flink, Flink, I don't know, <laughs> and they took an ancient Chinese goo, G-U, I don't know how oh. <laughs> I was like goo, like, like glue, kind of like, nah. like gooey goo It's like a, um, drinking vessel. They would okay. use it to drink wine. It was made of bronze. Mm. Um, at 1.51 a.m., one thief entered the short gallery, which was a narrow hallway, and the other thief followed after they were done in the Dutch room. Um, they began to work on removing a Neo- Napoleon, Napo- Napoleon, Napoleonic flag, mm-hmm. and they were unscrewing it, but they gave up, <laughs> <laughs> and instead of you know, taking the flag. They took the eagle finial that was on top of the flag. Yeah. And, you know, gave up on the flag, (laughs) I guess. Uh, They took five Dega... Dega? Dega? I think it's Dega. I don't know. (laughs) But five sketches from him. Um, The last painting stolen was Shea Tortoni by... Uh, Manette, M-A-N-E-T, from the Blue Room. Oddly enough, the only footsteps detected that night were those of Abbott, the guard, from his rounds earlier that night. Mm. Why? (laughs) Don't know. Interesting. Before the thieves left, they checked on the guards and asked if they were comfortable, if the handcuffs were too tight. (laughs) Courteous. (laughs) Um, and then they, the thieves moved to the security office, taking the video footage of them arriving, mm. along with the data printout of the motion detectors. Mm. So, the timing of when they entered the rooms and all that. Yeah. They didn't realize that the data was also solved to, solved, <laughs> saved to a hard drive. Okay. Um, the side entrance doors were opened at 2.40 a.m., and then again at... 2.45, taking them two trips to get all the stuff out. Mm-hmm. The robbery only lasted 81 minutes. 13 mm-hmm. works of art, 13 works of art were stolen. It was worth about half a million dollars. Wow. At 6.45 a.m., the maintenance man arrived, buzzing to be let in. And uh, not getting let in. Yeah. <laughs> a few minutes later, the day security arrive this day security guard arrives and they still can't get in, so they call their supervisor, who arrives around ten minutes later, and uses the master key to get in. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they see the security desk empty and it's a silent museum. There's mm-hmm. nobody, so the supervisor calls 911 to report a break in. Break in. Wait. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> um, break and entering. Yeah. Breaking and entering. Uh, in progress. That's what I'm trying to say. There we go. As the protocol states. So soon a detective and a police officer enter and begin their investigation. Starting at the fourth floor and working their way to the basement, taking note of the obvious missing artwork. Hmm. It took over 20 minutes for them to reach the basement and find the night security guards handcuffed and bound with the duct tape. The evidence, i.e. paint chips, broken frames, glass, fingerprints, all of that, mm-hmm. were carefully gathered, and they began their investigation. Nice. Uh, things to note. Mm-hmm. There was no insurance on the artwork. Oh. Because the insurance cost $3 million annually. Oh, damn. And the budget for the museum was only $2.8 million. <laughs> And since, um, they aren't able to change the art, mm-hmm. um, if something were to be stolen, they wouldn't be able to get a replacement painting. Yeah. So. That kind of sucks, but... Yeah. Um, the security at the time was pretty pretty lax. Mm-hmm. Despite art theft becoming more common and becoming a problem, and only a decade earlier, there was a discovery of a mob plan to rob the museum. <laughs> uh, well, uh, wait. A, a decade ago. I guess they really waited it out. <laughs> If. Oh, whoops. Um, I don't know. Um, the night security guards would often let people into the building, even though it was against protocol. They let in co-workers that would just wanted to hang out. Oh, silly, silly people. They let in their friends and the occasionally occasional pizza delivery <laughs> driver. Um, Rick Abbott, going back to him. Mm-hmm. He was a wannabe rock star. <laughs> Which is how it's described in um, Once Upon a Crime, the uh, podcast. It's good. <laughs> um, he was in a rock band. Uh, Abbott had hair down to his waist. He only had the security job because he needed the money. <laughs> he worked, um, he would do gigs with his band at local bars and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um... He made it clear to everyone that he wasn't a fan of his job and thought it was incredibly boring. Well, yeah, I could see why. <laughs> and two weeks before his, before the robbery, mm-hmm. he had put in his two weeks notice. Oh, so he was going to quit any yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. So it was like one of his last days. Right. Um, the painting, the concert, mm-hmm. is said to be one of the most valuable stolen object, or it's said to be the most valuable object in the world by oh. some people, <laughs> some Oof. art experts. That's sad. It is worth $250 million, oh my God. and it is one of only 34 paintings by Vermeer. Oof. What a loss. Oh, hello. Uh, it is believed that the thieves were not art ex- experts as they took some paintings 
that wouldn't cost as much if they were to sell them and they left some that were much more expensive. Mm -hmm. To be fair, if I were to rob an art museum, no idea how much art is worth or what's worth more. That's true, but I feel like most people who rob art museums... You would research maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Be art experts. (laughs) Right. Um, And the museum has put up empty frames where the paintings once were as placeholders for when the paintings are returned to them. Oh, right. Because that's likely going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Within three days, the museum offered a $1 million million reward for the safe return of the paintings. No questions asked. It was later up to $5 million, and it is now $10 million. Oh. Well, I really wish I knew (laughs) where they were. So, the suspects, moving on. Yes. The FBI was immediately involved, and they were like, well, we gotta figure this out. And they started looking into hundreds of leads. Um, The immediate suspect was Rick Abbott. Right, because he's an interesting guy. Yeah, because he had uh, let the thieves in. Right. He um, was the last person recorded in the blue room. Mm Mm-hmm where the, uh, what was it, Che? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tortoni was stolen. Mm-hmm. Even though there was nobody there. Yeah. Sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had opened the door earlier that na- night for seemingly no reason. Right. And some people, officers and whatnot, mm-hmm. think that it was a signal oh. that he was now going to be able to let them in. Okay. Yeah. However, <laughs> one of the FBI agents who was on the case mm-hmm. thought the guards were, t- quote, quote, <laughs> too incompetent and foolish <laughs> <laughs> to be able to pull up. I mean, to be fair, I picture Rick Abbott as a dude that would not be able to pull off a heist. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think they were like, they don't, I, I don't think they thought he was a mastermind. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could see him being an accomplice. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> he, to this day, claims his innocence. Right. He's like, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, in 2015, a, the FBI released a video from the night before mm-hmm. of, uh, Abbott letting a strange man in. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he was strange, but he was. <laughs> and, um, he says that he doesn't remember who the man was. Oh. His co-workers claim it was his boss. <laughs> oh. So... <laughs> I don't know. Weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another suspect is Whitey Bulger. Bulger? Bulger? I think it's Bulger. Hmm. Who was the head of the White Hill Gang. Oh. And therefore, crime boss. Right. Um, He claims that it wasn't him, and he had sent some of his agents out to figure out who had done this heist. Oh. So that... 
they could pay him, pay a whitey bulger, bulger tribute because it was on his turf. I see. <laughs> you know, crime bosses. Right. And uh, they thought it was him because he had been linked to several other bank heists in the area, mm. but there were no ties to this one. Gotcha. To the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum heist. Right. We love a good heist. <laughs> um, David Turner, mm-hmm. who was also in the mob. Love it. Most of, most of them. Most of the suspects are in the mob. Right. Yeah. Um, David Turner had claimed he could return a painting, one of the missing paintings, in exchange for a redu- uh, reduced prison sentence after being arrested for cocaine trafficking. Oh. However, he couldn't produce any evidence that he knew where they were, Hmm. and he was later arrested in a sting operation along with several other, um, big-time... Mob people? Mobsters, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and they offered Turner, uh, to be let go. They wouldn't charge him with anything if he could produce the stolen artwork, and he wasn't able to do so. He claimed that he couldn't. Hmm. So, well, you know. Okay. When did this happen? 1990. So mobs, are they still real? (laughs) (laughs) Real? (laughs) I believe so. I just, I feel like I never hear about mobs, like, once the 2000s hit. Probably because they don't want to be talked about. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they're still out there. Sort of. I don't know. Mobs seem like, kind of like pirates to me. Like Pirates of the Caribbean pirates. <laughs> I was like, you know, pirates are still a thing, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, like, Captain Jack Sparrow kind of pirate. Like, some sort of level of fantasy. I picture around mobsters. Okay. <laughs> well, the next suspect is also a mobster. <laughs> Bobby Donati, who was murdered a year after the heist. Aw. Sorry, man. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily a bad thing. Uh-oh. It wasn't a great man. But that's not the point. Right, right. <laughs> Um, he was known to have been part of art thefts before, mm. and one, um, known art thief had claimed that Donati was a part of the Isabella Stewart Gardner heist. Mm. Um, and the art thief, whose name I didn't write down, <laughs> was arrested. Yeah. For, I don't know, probably stealing art. <laughs> and his... And a criminal, an antique dealer named William Youngworth mm. had claimed he had the stolen art. Oh. And supplied a journalist with paint chips to prove it. Oh. He had also shown the journalist um, a tube with a canvas that the journalist thought was the correct painting, which I believe was the, um... Sea. Storm on the Sea of Galilee. Mm. 
However, <laughs> the paint chips were in fact from Rembrandt's era. Okay. They were not from the not the same oil that was used in the Sea of the Sea on the the Storm on the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> right. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, and the canvas that he had shown the journalist could not have been the actual painting because mm -hmm. the canvases that were used on all of the paintings that were stolen mm -hmm. were not able to be rolled. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. So, not. Yeah. Um, and Youngworth said that he would return the art in order, or in exchange for full immunity mm -hmm. and for his friend and fellow criminal's release. Oh. I think his name was Connor. <laughs> Just Connor. I don't remember his last name. <laughs> um, the police offered partial immunity because they were skeptic. Right. And Youngworth didn't take it. He was like, nah. Yeah, well. I want that full immunity. <laughs> and then, um, to do a gangster, Vincent Ferreira, mm -hmm. who was Donati's superior during a gang war, the gang war, um, was asked if he had any information on the Gardner theft, and he said that he was not involved, but the um, Merlino gang was involved, oh. and the Merlino gang contained uh, David Turner and... Other suspects that I didn't bring up because they weren't as interesting to me. <laughs> uh, but Ferreira um, claims that Donati had organized the theft mm -hmm. and that he was one of the um, men that had s stolen the artwork in the first place. Yeah. Um, and Donati had visited Ferreira in jail three months before the theft, after Ferreira was charged for murder. Fun. Ah, oh, yep. <laughs> um, Ferreira, and Donati told Ferreira that he was gonna get Ferreira out of jail, and then three months later, the bank heist happened, and he was came back. And <laughs> A few days after the bank robbery and was like, hey, I can get you out of jail. <laughs> um, and that he would negotiate for Ferreira's release after everything had cooled down for a bit. But then, yeah, it never happened because Donati was murdered. Right. Sad. Yeah. Well not but so he's still a suspect and you know they can't ask him because he's dead right it's kind of an issue and 30 years later the artwork is still missing <gasps> the stolen art is gone there are still empty frames as placeholders as I said before there is a 10 million dollar reward mm -hmm. for the safe return. Um, the 
thieves are unable to be arrested because the statute of limitations only lasted five years, I believe. I see. So, yeah. Well. And nobody was murdered, so. So it was just. So if somebody were to announce that they had done it, mm -hmm. I don't think they'd be able to be charged. <laughs> Everyone be like, oh, okay, cool. They'd be like, and where's the artwork? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I'm sure they could find something to charge them on. <laughs> right, they would definitely try. But, yeah. And the website for the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum mm -hmm. has several pages about the heist. Um, they are very much hoping to have the artwork returned to them. Yeah. Um, if you want to see pictures of the missing artwork, you can go to their website. Nice. Um, the museum, and I believe the FBI are still looking into it. Mm. Still looking into the art, missing art. So, how, okay, once you steal art, how do you sell that? Like, how do you make money from stolen art? I don't understand. I mean, black market. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but then dark what do people do with it? Just have it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't the think crime world is not what I understand. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, I know, like, some people just want to be able to have expensive artwork. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever- I'd much rather buy a copy. <laughs> they want to be like, I have the original, right. the concert, by Vermeer. <sighs> I don't understand the flex, but good for them. <laughs> it's one of the most- it's possibly the <laughs> most valuable stolen object <laughs> in the world. Which is wild. Yeah. <sighs> Insane. But yeah. Yeah. That is the story. If you want more information about the suspects, because I focus less on that and mm -hmm. more on the actual heist. Right. Um, you could listen to Once Upon a Crime, mm -hmm. episode 29, I believe. They have a whole episode de dedicated to this heist, and they focus on the... Suspects and they go in more de more in depth in the people themselves. Mm. You learn more about Bobby Donati and David Turner and other mobsters. Nice. That was a BuzzFeed episode. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, BuzzFeed Unsolved has an episode on it. Yeah, I remember them describing the security guard. I already forgot his name. Uh, Rick Astley. <sighs> yes. Rick Abbott. Rick Abbott. That's the guy. Yeah. What a character. What a character. <laughs> He's having a time. Yeah. Do you think he did it? I think it's possible. Yeah. Either he was too naive. Mm-hmm. Or he 
was in on it. Yeah. It's one of the two. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it might have been him because of the door opening and closing. Yeah, that's just kind of weird. Yeah. There's no reason to do that. And, um, like, it's always taken into the computer when it's open. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that Abbott had said that he always did that. And uh, the other, his co-workers were like, no. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. And if he did, it would have been taken note of. Right. You'd ha- There would be proof that you There'd did. There'd be proof and the supervisors would have told you to stop. <laughs> yeah. Because it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. So. Yeah, no. I mean, he was just trying to get places with his band. Maybe he just wanted some money so his band could make think, it. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be it. Um... <laughs> After this, they stepped up security. Yeah, that's good. They now have a guard in each room. Good job. That's Um, a lot more security. Yeah. And one of the paintings, I don't remember which, maybe it was The Storm on the Sea of Galilee, Mm -hmm. had... Yeah, I think it was that one, because Rembrandt painted himself in it. Okay. And he's the only person on the ship that is looking out at the uh, viewers mm-hmm. instead of like the sea, right. like everybody else in the painting. So people would try to get closer to the painting and to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there would there was a alarm mm-hmm. that if somebody got too close it would go off. Yeah. But it wasn't um, like when the alarm went off it didn't um, alerts any outside authority. Right. So when it went off that night, they were able to just not silence it yeah. and take the painting anyways. Right. Um, and now they have better security features, mm-hmm. better security guards. Yeah. Stricter <laughs> protocols. <laughs> you can't just randomly open doors anymore. No. <laughs> Yeah. Man. Heists are fun. I love a good heist. Yeah. You know me. (laughs) In a past life, I was a thief. Right. I know it. (laughs) It's your calling. It's my calling. (laughs) Anytime I play a video game and it's like, what option? Like, when it gives you choices. Yeah. And it's like, hey, do you want to be a thief? I'm like, yes. Obviously, I want to be a thief. (laughs) Yeah. Like in Skyrim. They have four options, and the only one I remember is Thief. Right. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> and Mark was like, are you, you going to look at the other ones? And I was like, no, I do not care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It could be, like, a warrior. could be a god. I don't care. I'm Thief. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <sighs> yeah. We love a good heist. Heists are fun. This was a good one, too. I like how the police officers slash thieves were so nice to the people. They're like, are right. you doing okay? You comfortable? My handcuffs too tight? Yeah. <laughs> you good down there? <laughs> what nice people. And we have no idea who they are. Yeah, well. That bothers me. Unsolved things bother me a lot. I really want to know. But One of these days. We're gonna do a story on D.B. Cooper. Oh? 
Eventually, I assume. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the greatest heists in the world. Ooh. Unsolved heists, I should say. Damn. It's the worst kind. Or, well, technically for them, the best kind. You Do you not know the story? No. They have a... What? <laughs> There's a BuzzFeed Unsolved episode on oh, it. Oh, well then yeah, I do. I just don't recognize it by name. It's insane. There's a lot of conspiracy theories about it. What do they rob? I'll do the story about it. Okay, okay, okay. We'll get to it. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. You know I love a good heist. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know. I know. When I was in sixth grade, um, my teacher had us do this presentation on consp- cons- a different conspiracy theory. Oh, that's fun. And one of them was D.B. Cooper. One of them was the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. Mm. One of them was um, JonBenet Ramsey. Which, like, I don't remember what the other ones were. Those were the three ones I remember. Yeah. I don't remember what one I did. <laughs> Which, like, thinking about it, like, looking back on it, mm-hmm. having a sixth grader look into John Bonet Ramsey. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, I don't really. It's an interesting choice. I don't think I did anything. Do I remember sixth grade? No, sixth grade's a blur. In sixth grade, we had a split class. It happened a lot at my school where sometimes the class would be split in half and then other times it would be like three quarters of the classes in one room and then a quarter is put with a grade lower or higher than them. Okay. And so with sixth grade, it was me and four of my friends with in a class of fifth graders. I don't know why. Right. I don't know why they separated out five students. Like, I don't know why that made a difference. Weird. <laughs> yeah. But it was a time. We did literally nothing ever because no one cared that we were there. Fair. Yeah. All right. So tell me your spooky story. Okay. So I'm not going to hide what it is. <laughs> it's about Penhurst Asylum. Ooh. Yes. Do you recognize? I do. Yeah, I figured. Um, okay, so before I get into it, I was just Googling, like, general stuff about Penhurst Asylum, and a bunch of articles were popping up that are, like, not happy with the asylum, because in 2010, the current owners decided to open up a haunted house in one of the buildings, because Penhurst has, like... A bunch of buildings. I think I heard about that. Yeah, and people aren't happy because they're like, it's full of actors acting like patients that would be in an asylum and it's like exploitive to mental illnesses and stuff. So I just wanted to bring up the fact that that really isn't a great thing and I don't support the haunted house, but the haunted house is just one part of the entire thing and that's also a more recent attraction. So I'm not going to talk about it (laughs) because it's rude. But I'll talk about Penhurst, which is also rude. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. was it not rude? <laughs> yes, but it's not exploitive. It was just bad. And they <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> okay, so at the time, Penhurst was known as Eastern State Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic. Love that. I know, it's a long name. They admitted their first patient in 1908 in Spring City, Pennsylvania. Now, before we get a little bit more into it, oh my, 
Where's Pennsylvania? Oh my god. <laughs> I just realized I don't know where that is. No idea. I could not point anywhere. Like, it's not on a coast. Is it on a coast? <laughs> Honestly, I know it's on the east, but I don't know. Where? I figured it was by, like, Texas. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. I know. I thought it was in the middle. But now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it is. That would make sense why it's Eastern State <laughs> Institution. Yeah, it's on the East Coast. Okay. Like, straight up on the coast. Well, not exactly. It's hey! very close to the coast. Not at all where I pictured it being. Okay, so anyways, it's there. Yeah, next to New York. Yeah. I was right. Look at you. At least someone's smart here. <laughs> Debatable. Yeah. Um... Another name that it's often called now is Penhurst School or the Penhurst State School. Okay. Well, I'll mention why later. It was just really throwing me off at first because some articles would be like Penhurst State School and then others would be like Penhurst Asylum. And I'm like, which is it? <laughs> it was kind of both because they taught the kids that got sent there. Yeah. Yeah. So it started out really small. It was only 112 acres. I say only. That's still quite a bit. That's and then it grew into what I found said to be 1,400 acres. Damn. Right, which I can't fathom that, so I'm not I sure if that's either. accurate. Um, I looked it up just to put it into perspective, and U of O, the college that we go to, is only 295 acres. So Pennhurst is like To be fair, five. we are a smaller campus. We are. For a D1 school. That is true. Well, I mean, it's pretty small, but like five of the campus is like the size of Penhurst. Yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah. There was what I counted to be 77 buildings, but a lot of them are like demolished. I think only 23 mm. of them you can go into. Some of them might not even exist anymore. I think at its peak there was 77. Okay. Yeah, and it totaled to be 6,000 or wait, I'm not gonna be able to get this number right. It's a very big number. 636,454 square feet means nothing to me. Right. It's a lot. I do not understand square feet. I don't either. But um, Uvo has 80 buildings and Penhurst had 77. So Penhurst is very spread out. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lower campus, which is mostly what we'll be talking about. This is a picture of it. Okay. Yeah. And the lower campus is where a lot of the hauntings happen. I believe that's also where the haunted house is featured. And there's also tunnels, fireproof ones. We love a good tunnel. That run underneath the entire thing. So, fun. I'm pretty sure in most asylums, they did that to yeah. make sure that, or not make sure, but mm -hmm. to hide the patients from, quote, normal people. Right. That's basically what Penhurst was. It was a messed up place. I think you mentioned in the one last week. Poor farm. Yeah. Well, that two weeks ago. It was pretty easy to get admitted to these places. Yeah. Like generally they said the reason for admission was just being unfit for society, mm -hmm. which meant whatever they wanted it to mean. So it was used as an orphanage a lot. For how and for housing people that had nowhere to go. If your kid was like, just you couldn't take care of it, or there was something like slightly wrong with the child, you went. You would go to somewhere like Penhurst. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
that also housed a lot of people during the eugenics movement, so yeah. a bunch of immigrants and stuff got pushed there. Um, criminals, of course. Of course. Makes no sense, but of course. So it was also kind of a jail. So yeah. Um, it was overcrowded super quickly. Always. They always are. Always are. <laughs> yeah. And there was lots of abuse, of course, including sexual assault, physical and obviously like emotional abuse, mental torture, just being in an overcrowded place with not a lot of care. I don't like it. Yeah. One thing that they mentioned was when someone would bite, because I guess biting is just a common thing, especially because they would tie people's hands down a lot, so people would bite, right? And the first couple times that you tried to bite someone or did bite someone, it was like just a punishment, like a behavioral punishment, whatever that means, just telling them not to. But then, oh. once you reached like your second or third incident, they just took out all your teeth. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and the dentist chair, which they did that, is still in the building that it happened to this day, so. That's horrible. Yeah. It's it, incredibly extreme. They're just like, yeah. you know what? So, that's fun. It wasn't a great place, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. So, a little bit of the history. Um, after it opened in 1908, a few buildings were added on, and then female buildings were opened in 1930, because females were in... They, they were mixed in, but then they were like, females need to be separated, so they opened separate buildings in 1930. In 1961, two of the annexes were turned into schools. Okay. Right. Um, in 1968, concessions at Penhurst were exposed in a five-part television news report called Suffer the Little Children, and it was basically a documentary and just videoed the conditions of the asylum. And so in 1986, like 20 years later, it closed down. Yeah, and you can go and watch those fun little documentaries, and a lot of the clips from it are really, really awful. I kind of want to watch it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm intrigued, but I also don't. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's... I watched some scenes, and it's classic things that you would picture that were happening. Yeah. I skimmed over a lot of the expansion because it grew... A bunch obviously like yeah. I pretty much mentioned um, yeah and then in 2008 not 2010 2008 it reopened one of its buildings for a haunted attraction mm. which we do not support <laughs> so into the hauntings okay good still recording <laughs> so like I briefly mentioned to you, there are a lot of things that happen in the entire complex campus. Sometimes yeah. I call it a campus. Yeah. So on the campus, there's a lot of things that happen, a lot of things that are seen, but there's not very many ghosts that are like specific ghosts. Like in Edgefield, you had John. John, right. And they only have, like, two notable figures at Penhurst <coughs> that I was able to find. So, um, the first one is a little girl, which I hate. I was her, like, your favorite. No, I, oof, yeah. This one, there's my other second favorite thing is in this, too. I don't know if you know what it is. 
Do I? I probably you'll, when I say it, you'll know. Yeah. So, anyways, there was. Wait. Wait. Go ahead. Are there any mirrors? <laughs> probably not. Good. <laughs> I didn't see any mirrors. <laughs> I do not fuck with me. I am gonna do something about a mirror. I hate I you. To. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so the little girl is the only documented sighting. So people say that they've seen stuff, but this is like the one thing that there's actually like, you know, a picture of. Is this the asylum where it had nuns? No. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> At least not that I know of. I did not read about nuns. Oh, what was that? Ah, what? I, don't know. I, I like asylums. Well, asylums are interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like... I like learning how? about them. Yeah. Yeah, so... um in Quaker Hall, there was a captured sighting of a shadowy figure of the little girl, and that's the only documented sighting in the whole place, but, I mean, there's been a ton, obviously. Yeah. Um, someone who said that they saw this little girl, they believe it to be this little girl, but, you know, we're not sure, said that she was dressed in like classic ghost girl stuff basically. They didn't say that, I'm saying this. She said I that she was in like a white dress, you oh, know, yeah. looked old fashioned. They always are in they, white dresses. Right, so I'm like, yeah, okay. And then after seeing the girl, the person that saw her said that they felt very depressed and lonely. Yeah. That's so, so sad. Yeah, she was like, the woman who saw her was with there with her group of friends and they said they could feel the girl's energy and it was really sad. Oh. Yeah, it was a messed up place. In, the Ghost Adventures episode that I watched this morning. They interviewed a man who worked at Penhurst because, it, I mean, it closed less than 40 years ago. So he said that he would normally go to work and all of the buildings would just be filled with screams. Like, it was just constant, just noise. And then the day that it closed down, it just went to silence and it's been, like, super eerie ever since, so. Oh my god. Yeah, it was a sad place. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, um, there's lots of poltergeist and demonic activity, you know, like Oof. throwing objects, shoving, scratching. Classic. We love it. Um, then there's other ghost things like hot and cold spots, EMF readings, and in Quaker Hall, there is a Class A EVP, which is the best EVP. I looked it up because I was like, I didn't know there were classes of EVPs. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, there... Obviously, the Class A EVP, it's like the most clear, like it's really obvious what the spirit is saying. And Class B is the most common EVP. So, right. yeah. So not as good, but like, you can kind of hear something. Yeah, um, why, why do I have Ghost Hunters? <laughs> I put Ghost Hunters down, but I definitely meant Ghost Adventures. <laughs> ghost Adventures captured a lot of evidence in the Limerick building. So, that's fun. I'll get into that later. The first thing I want to talk about is my favorite spirit. The only other notable one being the little girl, which I hate. So, this spirit is called the king. Right? Okay. And he's not a nice guy. Uh, didn't expect him to be. Right. And so, I don't actually- like, there's no proof that this guy existed, but, like, the legend around him is that he was a maintenance worker at Penhurst during the 40s or 50s, and he was very shitty to the patients, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when he's around, you can smell cigar smoke, and 
he's been recorded on EVPs having like full conversations and he's also seen as a shadowy figure and he's a big fan of the ladies <laughs> yeah I don't think I think he's just more likely to talk to women but he could also just be a creep so yeah probably the king I don't know when oh yeah okay wait here ready First of all, people think he's either a poltergeist or a demon because of just what he does. And he vibes in the basement of the Mayflower building. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I talk about the Mayflower building later, but he vibes in a basement. That's where he lives. So, obviously a creepy, creepy ghost. Um, so, I got a lot of... I documented an encounter with him from Ripley's. Ripley's, believe it or not does ghost event like ghost hunting oh, cool yeah i was like what they don't do like videos they like write articles on it and they're very well written i just did not know ripley's believe it or not did ghost hunting That's fair. yeah i didn't picture that to be a thing <laughs> but anyways they a couple women of the crew went down to vibe with him for a little bit they'd offer him a cigarette so that way he would come and smoke them and it actually started off going pretty well. They had a full conversation with him through a spirit box. Nice. Yeah, and they were just hanging out. But then after about 10 minutes, he started to get a little annoyed. And he kept repeating the word leave and threatened to choke them if oh. they didn't leave. <laughs> right. So he was okay. And then I think um, one of the girls started to be a little bit more aggressive towards him. And it pissed him off. So he started to try and get him out. They also had a woman's voice come through a couple of times. And it sounded like she was saying run, but the king kept cutting her off and wouldn't let her talk. Yeah. That poor ghost woman. I know. Who stuck with him. Yeah. It's rough. So, that guy. Um, okay. Now we're getting into my least favorite part of this entire thing, okay? The same team of investigators were like, after the basement, they went back upstairs, they talked about it, they did a little bit more, and then they a different group decided to go back downstairs and tried to talk to the king again, and he was gone. He wasn't wanting to chat. But whilst they were down there, the people upstairs heard a music box start playing. And so they asked the team downstairs, they were like, did you start playing music for some reason? And they were like, no. And it was sounded like an old-timey music box. And I hate that so much. Music boxes are my second least favorite thing. So they all regathered and started to look for the music because it was still playing and it led them to the fourth floor of the Mayflower, which is the top floor. I don't like it. Yeah, and there was a light on in one of the rooms and it sounded like the music box was coming from that room and as soon as they stepped foot into the room... <laughs> God. That was rude. You jumped and it made me jump. <laughs> I, didn't okay. I didn't know your phone or Castle's phone was behind me. Is it Castle's? I don't know. I don't know. Yours. I didn't know it was over there either. I didn't even know it was on. I didn't expect it. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Back into the vibe. After you almost killed me. Yes. So they're searching for the music box and as soon as they step foot into the room with the light on, the it just goes silent. And there's nothing that could be making this noise. There isn't an actual music box, it's just a tune. Right, so creepy. So wait, go. If we were there, mm -hmm. and that happened. I'd leave. I wouldn't. Are you crazy? <laughs> I would. You would touch the fucking chair. 
I know, but I don't like music boxes. Because chairs are ridiculous. (laughs) Music boxes are creepy. I would 100% try to figure out where it's coming from. Uh, No. I would drag you with me. Uh, I know, like, and I wouldn't say no to you. You'd be like, can I leave? And I'd be like, no, you cannot. And I'd be like, Ugh. and then I'd follow you because I suck. I hate music boxes. And I know I would only do that because I know if there was a mirror, you'd make me go to it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely would probably cry, though. If, like, that exact situation happened, I would cry. <laughs> I hate music boxes, so it's not okay. I hate that I'm facing a mirror right now. <laughs> This looks like a pretty innocent mirror, though. At least it's not an old, creepy one. You say that. It's really big, though. (laughs) Is it the size of mirrors, or like... Just mirrors. Just mirrors? Okay, that's fair. I guess it doesn't matter what the music box looks like. It just creeps me out. Even, there's like music boxes that like sound like brand new. Creepy. Music boxes that sound old. Creepy. (laughs) I don't care. I don't like them. Yeah. And it gets worse, because they get into that room and it stops and then they're like that was weird continue their investigation and it keeps happening all night they keep getting led to different parts of the building that's cool and then as soon as they get to where it sounds like it is it just stops that's so cool yeah it led them like into the basement and stuff i was okay, like well, i don't know about that i hate this <laughs> i was like nope that's not okay no i really hate like, the little girl just kind of showed up and was sad, so she's not as bad, but I don't like that. Okay. Well, what's worse, the music box or the boy that was walking in circles while dripping wet? <sighs> Could you imagine those two together? <laughs> you, oh, I would know. I don't even believe in that stuff, and it freaks me out. I don't like, I don't like children. <laughs> I don't know why little kids freak me out. I think it's because... Little kids are fucking creepy. Yeah. Like, I think it's especially because, like, in the Sally House situation, demons like to be little kids. I don't... I don't know. Why do little kids scare us? Kids say freaky shit. Yeah, that's another thing. Have you ever seen, like, those posts where it's, like, creepy things these kids say? Yeah. I hate this. Oh my god, my little sister is so fucking creepy. (laughs) One time, my friend Raphael came over. Raphael, if you're listening, he's like the only friend that listens. (laughs) He knows this story. It was so awful. We were all just kind of like sitting and chilling, and my parents were gone at work, and my little sister turned to Raphael. This was like his first time meeting her, and she's like, daddy's coming soon. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then my stepdad pulls down our driveway like two minutes later. I hate that. And we cried. It was so <laughs> awful. Yeah. And then also, my little sister says some just random things. I think she gets it because my brother and I are so much older than her, and we say whatever around her. <laughs> But one time she walked up to my mom and she's like, I'm going to scoop out your eyes with a spoon. And my mom was like, that's nice. And I was like, you can't. Like, that was weird. And my mom was like, I don't care. (laughs) No, if I ever have kids, unlikely. But if I do and they say something, that's not happening. (laughs) I'll be like, hey, um, Nick, you want another kid? (laughs) Yeah, please enjoy mine. I don't want it. Yeah, she's creepy. She's gotten less creepy no and more violent okay (laughs) all right i have videos in my snapchat memories of my brother he drug me out of his room i was just back like a couple days ago home visiting and he drug me out of his room and while he's dragging me out my little sister's beating me with a rubber bat (laughs) 
I'm like, help me. <laughs> so yeah. You're gonna die. No. <laughs> Don't go home. Yeah, it's it's a good time. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh yeah, the creepy dripping boy. I don't like it. I I don't know what I'd do. I'd be like, that's weird. But to be fair, if any kid comes up to me under any situation, I'm like, that's weird. Get away from me. <laughs> I don't like that. So if it'd be a ghost, I'd, it'd be the same reaction. <laughs> Get away from me. Kid. <laughs> Just no kids, please. <sighs> All right. Okay, moving on to ghost adventures. I'll get it. Um, I have some things to say about this episode, but I wrote it down later, so we'll get to it. Um, Okay, I'm excited. Yeah. So they had a few interesting experiences. They obviously had a lot more than a few because their entire show is based around having encounters, but I just noted some of the more interesting ones. Ones that maybe are a little harder to disprove. Okay. So... When they're doing, like, their classic interviews in the daytime, like, hey, look, we're at this place, isn't it neat? Yeah. And Zach's, like, walking weird, you know? You know, he's like, who's gonna find me? Right. He's always just, like, so, how he, his Ooh, presence. He's like an emu. Yes. I never want to meet him. I would be, I feel so awkward. I want an emu. <laughs> you know, two completely different threats. I'm gonna give an emu and name him Zach. I'll support that. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So they're doing their thing, and all of a sudden they hear a loud bang from the building, and so they run inside. Zach climbs their window all heroically. Though they make it seem like it is, and it's not. <laughs> and he goes upstairs. <laughs> and there's a desk that seemingly got thrown, and they justify that it had just then gotten thrown because, like, the marks in the dirt, because it's a gross old building, are, like, very fresh. So, you know, maybe a desk got thrown, but because that happened, they set up a camera in that building down the hallway where the desk was thrown. I hate hallways. I know. Yeah. This was a hallway with like eight doors. It was I hate it. it was creepy. There was one episode of Ghost Adventures that mm-hmm. I was just kind of watching. Yeah. I just turned it on and it was like the last like 15 minutes. Right. And I was like, look at this creepy thing that happened. And immediately, it was like something crawling on the ceiling, going around a corner of stairs. And I was like, I'm not going to watch this. (laughs) You're like turning it off. (laughs) I'm going to go not do anything else. No, I don't like that. But I I don't know what episode that was, and I hate it. I don't don't think I want to know. I don't want to watch that. (laughs) No, I don't like those things. Anyways. Um, this happened in the Mayflower building, where the king... The king. (laughs) Yeah, he's in the basement. And this was... I think this was the fourth floor, so this was the area where the music box originally they heard. Um, so they put a camera there, and then later that night when they return to get some EVP sessions, they hear a little girl's voice say hello, and then a man's voice says, what are you doing? Kind of like he was stopping the little girl. Like, he was addressing her, which kind of reminded me of how the king treated the woman in the basement. That sounds so familiar. I think I might have watched this episode. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was classic. It was when Nick was still around. Ah, Nick. I know. I like Nick. He was my favorite. Yeah, so they get those EVPs, and then after they leave, they have sounds of a door opening, and it's like really obviously the sound of like an old door opening and then they also have hear a man's voice saying get out classic right always that's all ghosts ever say so yeah 
Then they go to the tunnels and they hear lots of loud banging, you know, a woman screaming casually. <laughs> casually. Yeah, I think that's after they leave. They pick it up on one of their cameras, a woman screaming, which is also creepy because it like oh, echoes through absolutely. the tunnels. I'm like, you could have been a cougar. Yeah, it in the tunnel could have been lots of things. Like even like possums make screaming noises. So, but still creepy. It is hundred percent. Yeah. And then that's why if I'm ever camping and I hear a woman scream, I'm not doing anything. I'm sorry if it's a person being murdered. I don't like that sound. Okay, so something that is very popular right now is Siren Head. Have you heard of him? Oh my god, Chelsea. Okay, it, I think it originated from this guy named Trevor, maybe. He makes like creepy art and he does like it's very realistic like he kind of like photoshops and makes like really creepy things and then it like evolves into like creepy pastas a lot of the time oh my gosh. that kind of stuff Hang on. Uh -oh. have you ever heard of how um slender man started no it's so cool i remember the girl that like murdered her friend though over slender man do you remember that um i don't i didn't remember it but uh da, da, da. and that's why i drank did an episode on slender man yeah interesting Gotta look into that. You should listen to it, it's creepy. Yeah, because I really don't it's know the history the of it. It's the true crime part, because they focus more on right. the murder. Yeah. yeah. Fun times. Anyways. Yeah, so... Trevor and right, Siren Head. This guy. Yeah, basically the concept is it's a... I would describe it as like an alien-looking being that has like... Um, you know, like, the megaphones that you yell out of? It's like yeah. that. Like, sirens that you would see for, like, post-apocalyptic things, like, attached to a pole. That's his head, okay? And he's essentially, like, a pole, but an alien, and he's super tall. And he has the ability to broadcast any news frequencies or any sounds, and he lives in the woods and stuff. And so just the idea of someone, like, screaming in the woods reminds me of him, because that's what he does. <laughs> Creepy. It is incredibly disturbing. I highly recommend looking into it. Do you remember when we did that, um, in, for our fig class, mm -hmm. when we had that, like, ghost story yeah. one? Do you remember the story that, uh, Rachel told? About her? It was, like, Ted the Caver. No. You don't remember that? I only remember the one about her, um, brother. Oh, her brother? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I remember her Telling, I think it was Ted the Caver, mm. something like that. I also did leave halfway through. It fucking terrified me. What is it? Do we need to talk about it in an episode? Yes. Okay, okay, we'll get to that. We have, okay, we know what our true crime and <laughs> supernatural are gonna be now. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, Zach, he, he had an eventful night, and one of the biggest things that happened was, um, while they were walking around talking, they heard an EVP of a voice, or I, they have, you know, one of those electronic things that like just pops up a word. Oh yeah. It like reads the. I don't know how they work. I don't remember. But like the called. word pops up. Yeah. Yeah. So the word pops up that says hit, and Zach was like, okay, whatever. Well, not whatever. He like freaked out about it because he's like, oh, oh yeah. my god, look. Yeah. He wants to hit me. Yeah, basically. And then he's walking out of a door and this coat hanger thing, like a standing coat hanger thing, you know what I'm... Yeah. Yeah, it hits him. 
and like falls into him and the metal like part of it that you hang the coats on like cuts his nipple and he's bleeding and he's all sad about it <laughs> Zach really annoyed me this episode though, so that's why I'm being mean <laughs> I love hearing you describe Augusta Patterson <laughs> he was oh, what a character um they, but they looked back at the footage, right? And they see this coat hanger thing, like, on a corner. And it's just leaning there. And then the doorway is, like, on the other side of the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, four feet apart. And then it falls into the doorway. And it's on the opposite wall. Mm-hmm. Like, around the corner. So, mm-hmm. somehow, it got moved around the corner and then pushed into the doorway. I don't like that. Yeah, so like that that was pretty creepy. I was like, okay, I'll take note even though you annoyed me about it because after he gets hit, he's like freaking out and he's so mad. <laughs> he's like, who hit me? Who he's did this? He's always mad. Yeah. And then there's a- he's such an emo. <laughs> That's his spirit animal. <laughs> um. Oh. Somebody's partying. That was very brief. <laughs> Anyways, um. After it hits him, he's like asking like who did that and all that stuff, and then they check a recording later, and there's a man's voice saying the girl did. Yeah, so. I hope it's the little girl. Right? <laughs> She's just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I took little notes on a little notepad during the episode so that way I could like add them into here, and I wrote like three different times that like Zach Baggins sucks. Like he was making me so mad. This was season three. They're on, like, oh. season 15, so... How do you watch it? I didn't end up using Hulu. <laughs> yeah, because they only have, like, 10 through yeah, 15. Yeah, I googled it, and I think because it's just so old, they had it just oh. readily available. But I watched it, and Zach is so annoying. He looks so much younger, first of all, and Nick's there, and I was so happy that Nick was there, and then Zach just pissed me off the entire time. He was- he's such a douche. (laughs) Like, he's so condescending to everyone. They're interviewing these people, and one of the things that happened in Penhurst was, like, some construction people were there, and they were walking, and then one of them points out that there's something in the window, and they look, and they see, like, the curtains parted, and then the curtains close. And so Zach takes the guy up into the building to go look at the window, and there's, like, a metal screen in between- the, there's a metal screen and the window, and in between that is the curtain, so you can't actually touch the curtains. I don't like that. Right. And the guy was like, holy crap, I actually, like, kind of, like, believe in ghosts now, maybe? Because, like, this is creepy. Like, it couldn't have just been someone in the building. And Zach was like, it's always great when you see someone start believing in ghosts for the first time and, like, looks into the camera and, like, smugly walks away. I'm like, shut up! Like, who do you think you are? <sighs> he was annoying me so much. Yeah, so anyways, Zach, believe it or not, was more annoying. He is still so awkward. He walks around and, like, puts his hands, like, weirdly, like, crossed in front of him, and then just stands there, and then does his weird voice, and I'm like, please, Zach, stop. (laughs) But I like Aaron. Aaron's still around. Aaron's great. Oh my god. (laughs) He's a bean. Yeah. Yeah, so I love Ghost Adventures still, but you know, Zach's a character. Okay. Yeah. Um anyways, that that's basically all of the main things I have. There was like a lot of deaths. I think like fifty percent of the people admitted in there ended up dying in there. So there's a lot of little things that happen. There's tons of EVPs and stuff. 
Basically, everyone that's worked there or works there has had an encounter. And I think that the reason that there's not as many like notable ghost people is because there's just so many spirits there. And I think they're like, they're always brief encounters. Like the ghosts aren't acting out in big ways really, except like the king and then the little girl that wanders around. It could be multiple little girls though. Probably. Yeah. So I have so many ideas for new episodes now. I know. That's good because I usually struggle for <laughs> coming up with the next one. I get one. that. I'm like, which one should I do? Yeah, that's the problem. I always want to like pick a category. Oh yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm gonna watch more Ghost Adventures though. <laughs> I love and hate Zach. <laughs> I love Aaron. He's Aaron's great. So precious. Yeah. I need to find the episode where Nick gets possessed because I remember as a kid I saw that and was like scarred I was like holy crap someone just got possessed they're like in a basement or something I don't know I have like a little bit of visual memory of it but I gotta find it I watched one uh, Ghost Adventures episode where they go to this like random person's house because they're like going through some shit right you know? Yeah. Like, scratches. Mm-hmm. The kid's terrified. All that. All of it. Yeah. And at the end, there was, like, nothing really creepy. Yeah. And they were, like, trying to get it to be creepy. Yeah. You know? Right. And at one point, the, like, mom mm-hmm. got scratched. Yeah. And then, um, they were like, ooh, we gotta figure out how this happened. Right. And they were like, yeah, it's not haunted. Yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah, I watched it was it. so weird. I watched it like a year ago. It was when we were up in Portland for Cassidy's surgery. Oh, yeah. We binge-watched a bunch of Ghost Adventures, and that episode popped up, and I thought it was really interesting that they like kept an episode where they're like, yeah, this place isn't haunted. Like, these people are I appreciate it. Yeah. So... A little bit of respect goes towards Zach. I don't think Zach's a bad guy. I think he's a bit crazy. I think, yeah, and I think he knows that he's famous and that he kind of lets it go to his head a little yeah, bit. A little. Oh my god, the episode with Post Malone. He's like, my friend, Post Malone. And I I'm like, this has to episode. be the first time you met Post Malone. <laughs> like, don't even act like he's your friend. <laughs> it was funny though. It wasn't that scary. It was just cool because Post Malone was there. Post Malone, didn't he touch the Divic box? I think so, yeah. 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 And everybody was like, he's gonna die. <laughs> right. Well, that's always fun. Anyways. Um, Anyways. I mean, that's it. That's Penhurst Asylum. It's really creepy, really messed up, and way bigger than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I, yeah. I don't know. The picture that I showed you that I will, that we'll post, um, is what I thought the entire thing was, and it's just like one part of it. So yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are our spooky and creepy tales this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, follow us on social media. Mm-hmm. Our Instagram is at Five and Dying Podcast. Our yeah. Twitter is at Or Dying. Don't ask why. <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> um. 
we keep you updated. We've been not great this past week. It's been a time. <laughs> it's been a time. Been a struggle. I was traveling. You had family issues. Yeah. 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 But, you know. We're working on it. It's, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> um, I guess join us next week. Yeah. To hear our wild tales. Right. Oh, next week is going to be a special episode. Yeah. We're talking about the same story, but it has two halves to it. A true crime yeah. and a supernatural. Yep. So... That'll be fun. Be exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, join us for that and to see if we're vibing or dying.